You are now listening to episode 12 of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. As always, I'm your host, Maverick Levy. I just want to start off this show by thanking all of the supporters, all of the listeners that listen to the show. Please, please, please continue to spread the word about the show, to tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a family member. Maybe if you're walking past someone on the side of the road, on the side of the street, just, you know, say, hey, listen to the best of the best Mavericks Guide to Success podcast, especially if you're in a college town. Also, I want to remind everyone to follow the social media accounts, T-B-O-T-B pod. That is the handle. That is the at, I guess is the better way to put it. Handle might be an old school term, but that is the at to use. And I just want to remind everyone that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now on today's show, we have a very, very special guest. His name is Dr. Victor Egan, and he is the owner of Egan Orthodontics Office right here in Michigan. And when I say right here, it's because I'm about, my office is about uh, about 100 yards, maybe 200 yards away from his office. So we're very close. I know him. I trust him. And he has clients that travel in all over the world to go to his office to see him. But he also has offices in other countries. So let's get right into this interview with Dr. Victor Egan. Dr. Egan, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to uh, have you on here. I know that you are a very busy, busy, busy man. So I thank you and appreciate you for taking some time out of your schedule to come on the show and inform the listeners about what we're going to talk about. Now, for all the listeners out there, the topic of today will be very cool because if you're interested in being a doctor or an entrepreneur and you're wondering how someone started their business, started their practice and built it and grew it to have a large client base, maybe one that likes to fly in from out of town on the weekends, if you want to get to that point, this is going to be your opportunity to educate yourself, to inform yourself and to have sort of that solid, basic level of understanding of how these things actually work. So, Doc, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Mavericks. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be very informal, this episode. It's also a bit unique. You know, I don't know that anyone, I'm sure it's been out there, but I don't know if anyone has ever interviewed an orthodontist in the fashion that I'm going to be. So I'm very interested to hear how it goes myself. But before we get into all of that, I want to get some background information about yourself. I like to ask those questions so that the listeners can have a relationship with you and sort of know who you are without just getting right into things. So where did you you grow up? Uh, well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm an orthodontist, and so I do braces. And my father was actually the first African-American orthodontist in the state of Michigan. He was a third black orthodontist in the entire world. Wow. And I started working for him at age 10. And so I've been in the field literally all my life. Wow. At age 10. That's, uh, yes. that's pretty remarkable. So with that being said, when did you know that you wanted to be an orthodontist? Well, you know, I use the the age 10 because that's when I started working in, in my father's office. But it was actually before that because my brother, who's five years older, was working in the office first. And so I wanted to work 
earlier and I was babysat in the office okay. uh, after school. So I actually never wanted to be anything but an orthodontist all my life. Gotcha. So from the time you can remember, you were like, this is going to be me one day. You're sort of envisioning yourself where your dad was, I'm sure seeing patients and, you know, putting braces on them. And it was probably much different type of braces. It was more like a full, I remember my dad showing me some pictures of when he had his braces on and it looked way different than what you see now. So when did you actually become an orthodontist? I then went to the University of Michigan dental school after undergraduate. And then I practiced for six years as a general dentist because I really wanted to learn the full scope of dentistry. And then I went back to specialize uh, in the field of orthodontics at Howard. Gotcha. And I know, you know, that's very cool, but I'm a little, I don't want to say afraid, but the dentist isn't my favorite thing. I got to be honest Mm. with you. I'm not sure that I love the dentist, but I, in fact, as you know, I've been to your office. Um, You were not my orthodontist because I don't think we knew you then, unfortunately, but I did come there and you helped me with some things. So I know that you guys are the best of the best and I can attest to that myself. But now that we have some background information about you, Doc, let's get right into some things, you know, first we'll start off with a little bit about braces so people can understand. But before we do that, I just want to tell you that a lot of my listeners, they are the people that are in high school, that are in college, that may have just recently graduated from college. But I do have a bit of an older audience that have been out of college or have been working in the real industries. I like to call it the real world for a few years. So we'll touch on a bunch of different things. But teeth, are, in my opinion, one of the first things that someone looks at about a person, right? And I would say that it's very important for a person's confidence if they really are thinking about what their teeth are, you know, that you're helping them look confident. You're helping them be confident. So does that make you feel good that you're really helping boost these people's confidence by fixing their smile, creating the smile that they want so that they can be confident in life? Does that make you feel good? That is actually it. I'm actually, even though I'm a specialist as a dentist, orthodontics is a completely different field of dentistry than than dentists. People sometimes don't particularly care for their dentists, almost like what you were saying, but they love their orthodontist because we are involved in changing their life and impacting their life for the good for long term and uh, affecting people's self-esteem for the best is absolutely a wonderful thing. And uh, it makes me feel good. It makes the staff feel good. And uh, we are impacting people's lives for the rest of their life, uh, where they are now confident. Uh, I have one example of a young lady who had a really poor smile. She wouldn't smile. She wouldn't talk to anybody. She wasn't happy. She would frown all the time. She came in. The day Maverick, I put her braces on, she started smiling so much that when she was driving home, okay, she was just smiling and she stopped at a light and was smiling at the guy next to her, okay? And then she didn't have a boyfriend, never dated. And then she actually exchanged numbers with him and they eventually got married. All because of you. Well, and I hadn't changed anything. It was just the fact that we were going to impact her smile for the better. That's an impeccable story. Thank you for sharing that. That's That's got to be like a one in a trillion right there. But Yeah, I, but it ha- happens a lot. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm sure because people do get that boost of confidence. I know that I am crazy about my teeth and wearing my retainers, but I'm, I want to save that for later because we'll get into that. So are there 
other benefits besides just having straight teeth, boosting your confidence that getting braces brings to you? Like, does it help the condition of your teeth or help the cleaning process when you're brushing or flossing? Are there any other benefits besides, you know, just having straight teeth? Yes, absolutely, Maverick. You know, certainly when your teeth are crowded or they're too spaced, it becomes very difficult to clean them and maintain them. And so especially as we mature in life, uh, years ago, people did not keep their teeth past age 40 or 50. Now that we are eradicating all types of dental disease, people are keeping their teeth for the rest of their lives. And so consequently, keeping them clean so that you don't have dental disease around them is extremely important. Gotcha. So I've heard something and I don't know if it's a myth or it's accurate, but is it true that the condition or we'll call it the health of your teeth is an indicator of the overall health of your body? I've heard that said before. I didn't know if that had any truth to it. Yes, it has some truth to it. People that, I mean, for several different aspects, one is when you're not taking care of your teeth, generally you're not taking care of your body. If you have teeth that are missing, you're not masticating and chewing your food properly. So therefore, when the food goes down, it does not go in a healthy manner. And that can affect your gut and stomach and other areas and sometimes even lead to cancerous types of situations. And so um, the teeth are very important, not only for the aesthetic appeal in terms of how you look and function with the world, it's also important in terms of how you eat and chew and how you function in that area. Gotcha. So now that we know that braces are not just a benefit for your confidence, for the overall cosmetic look that you might want to have, but it's also a benefit for your health listeners. So know that if you didn't have braces and you're wondering, you know, what other benefit does it bring me? Well, now you know. So let's start at the, you know, like the very beginning when someone says, okay, I want to get braces, right? How long am I going to have these braces on for from the time you first, the first day I put them on till the day they'll be off and my teeth will be straighter? Is it dependent on the person or the age or how does that work? It depends on what we call the malocclusion, which is what the teeth look like, function like, how they fit and what needs to be done. Some people just have small spaces or small crowding between teeth. Some people come and they have teeth that are impacted in the bone and teeth that are missing and all different types of uh, situations. So it's sort of an individual thing. But a rule of thumb is the average person will be in braces approximately a year and a half to two years, depending. And then sometimes they can be a little bit longer and a little bit shorter in terms of that. And also depends on the brace system. We use what's called the Damon brace, which is the fastest best brace out in the marketplace. And so consequently, um, we can have cases treat out six, seven, sometimes even eight months earlier than the average orthodontist with what we call the Hollywood smile. That's pretty cool. So you're, you're sacrificing a little bit of time for a lifelong, you know, worth of benefits. So it's a pretty good trade-off if I would say so myself. Now, what about the cost? Because a lot of the people, they might be concerned that they can't afford braces or they think it's too expensive or out of their budget. You know, what's a typical cost and does your office offer, you know, financial assistance or payment plans or, you know, anything like that? Yes. Well, the cost also varies depending on each individual person's situation and what type of appliances that we're using, whether we're using a Damon brace, which most people come to me because it just gives a fantastic look, or whether we're using something like Invisalign. As a specialist, 
Okay, I move teeth and I can specialize in the movement of teeth. Some other people will take a weekend course and then try braces or try Invisalign and not really know what they're doing and really begin to cause challenges and mess up people's mouths. But the average rule is somewhere around for a full set of braces, somewhere around, you know, five to $6,000, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more depending on the malocclusion. Gotcha. So it all depends on your situation. And I had a insurance uh, insurance agent, I guess is the correct term, but he more owned, you know, the office. But he said that, you know, sometimes when you're getting, you know, health insurance that you also have to get dental insurance. Does dental insurance cover braces or is it totally out of pocket? Well, it depends on your particular insurance plan that comes out of your company. Some insurance plans do not pay for braces at all. Some insurance plans pay for braces up to age 19. And then some insurance plans pay for braces for adults. And so we're seeing now that more insurance plans are paying for adults, but it's sort of an individual rider that's attached to your individual plan from your company. Got it. So they're definitely, if you're a listener out there and you do have dental and you don't have braces, go look and go talk to whoever hooked you up with your health or your dental insurance to see, you know, if the option is out there that it will cover or go into an office like Dr. Egan's office. I believe it's Egan Orthodontics. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can find their website, which will be posted on our website, tbotbpod.com. But you brought up Invisalign, Doc, and that was something I sort of wanted to talk about, what the difference between traditional braces are and Invisalign. Because Invisalign, you see the commercials. There's a few other companies out there. They they mold your teeth, I guess, is the best way to put it. I'm not too technical with this. And then they send you retainers, and you wear those retainers for a certain amount of time, and your teeth shift, and you put new ones in. So what's sort of the difference, and what's the pros and cons of having braces versus Invisalign? Can you break that down a little bit for the listeners? Yes. First of all, I, you know, Invisalign is a product that's been out for several years now, and it can do a fabulous job on certain types of situations. Uh, sometimes it's overused. You know, some people say that Invisalign can get your teeth straight to a level six out of ten. So if it's a simple type of situation, it can do a fabulous job. The more complicated it gets because it's not attaching to the teeth the same way that braces are, sometimes the results are not as good as with braces. But I think it provides a wonderful service to our community and to people that are looking for other options than just braces alone. Some of the things that you mentioned, and I won't mention any of their uh, names just for proprietary sake. There are some companies that try to provide aligners without going into a, a dentist or an orthodontist. An orthodontist is a specialist in moving teeth. A lot of those uh, companies now are under review and a lot of them are under um, litigation because a lot of people have had problems with it because the cases are not being properly supervised. And so I would uh, be cautious about doing those types of things and go to an excellent provider that can give you excellent service. You may cut costs, but if you lose your teeth or have problems and have to redo it again, you have problems with that. Absolutely. And I thank you for that info because a lot of the times I'll tell my listeners to do your due diligence on whatever decision you're making in life. And I think especially regarding your, your teeth and fixing them, while the price point may be appealing to some people, 
Me, I'd rather walk into the office in an old world. We'd shake hands with the doc. In the COVID world, I don't know if we're necessarily shaking hands. We might be fist bumping, whatever it may be. But I like to get that real experience and know that an expert is there with me while they're watching this process happen. And if there's any changes that need to be made on the fly, they're doing so in a you know, responsible manner that's going to be to the my benefit, right? So thank you for that. And definitely all the listeners out there, just make sure you're doing your due diligence on whatever you're going to choose. Because number one, you're going to put money, you're going to put your time, and you're going to put your teeth's health on the line with that. So with that being said, Doc, I know a lot of people, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, I got braces at a very young age, I think middle school, like 11, 12 years old. But what is like the typical age someone, if they have the ability to, or if you know, they're a parent listening to this show, what age should their kids get braces? Or even if, even if someone's my age or a little bit older and they didn't have braces, they're not happy with their teeth, can they get braces at any age or is there sort of a start and a cutoff point? First of all, I'll address the early age. The earliest age people can generally get braces is around seven, seven and a half. And that is when we see things occurring in the mouth that need to be addressed early. The average child does not need braces, but if something is happening like the teeth are sticking out too far or a tooth is trapped in the bone or teeth are really twisted or very malaligned, which is affecting their ability to eat, function, chew, or uh, their self-esteem, we may do something early. The average age is about 10 to 11 when all the permanent teeth come in. Depending on the type of brace system that you use, like us, a Damon brace, we can treat people earlier and actually create room as those teeth are coming in. So our results are just so much more phenomenal than the average traditional brace system and the teeth move so much faster and we get so much better results. The oldest, my oldest patient of record is 92. Wow. I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients that are in their 80s. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them that are in their 70s, tens of thousands of them that are in their 60s, and then, you know, 50 as a young patient in my practice. And that's because people are keeping their teeth for the rest of their life. And what happens with your teeth is the more mature you get with age, every single thing in your body begins to shift. And your teeth will shift also as your face shifts. And so, consequently, what they did is they took care of their children. They took care of several people in their family. Then they're looking at in their 40s and 50s. Now my teeth are shifting. I still have all of my teeth. I want a beautiful smile too. And I want to be able to eat, function, and take care of them well for the rest of my life. And so we see them, uh, a lot of adults coming in and having braces and Invisalign. Wow, that's pretty incredible because, you know, a lot of people will, if they're a parent, they'll give their shirt off their back for their child and they'll give them, you know, the opportunity to have straight teeth. So when they grow up, they will. And I want to talk about, you said your face will shift, your teeth will shift as you get older. So the next, and it's a perfect transitioning point because the next question I wanted to ask you is, Someone goes through the process, they get braces on, they're on for whatever the time period you say they have to be on for, it's just dependent on the patient, and then they get them taken off, and you get a retainer, okay? And in my opinion, actually, I'll let you go first. So how important would you say it is to wear a retainer once you've gotten your braces off? Okay, so from an orthodontic perspective, 
it's easier to get the teeth straight than it is to keep them straight for the rest of their life, okay? And so that's just a, a little perspective there. And what all the literature says is, as I mentioned earlier, is that when we get above the age of 18, every single thing on our body begins to shift. And the face and the teeth will shift also. And so that's a natural aging process. If you never wore braces at all and your teeth were perfectly straight, as you get more mature, your teeth will shift and you will need braces as you get older. So now you can imagine if your teeth were not straight and then we straightened them out, the tendency for those to move and shift as you get older is increased. And so it's real simple. You need to wear your retainers as long as you want to keep your teeth straight. And so when I ask my patients that, how long do you want to keep your teeth straight? They say, I want to keep them straight for the rest of my life. And I say, you need to keep wear your retainers for the rest of your life and wear them at nighttime. I call it pajamas for your teeth. <laughs> That's amazing. And the reason I wanted to ask you that question before I sort of gave what I always call as like a maverick side comment or a mav comment is... I am so OCD just in life in general, whether it's organization in my life, but especially about my teeth. And I wear a retainer every single night. And I won't call out my friends that had braces and now I see the shift in their teeth, but I ask them, I'll be like, do you still wear your retainer? They're like, no, I don't. And now my teeth are shifting and I clearly see it. You know, these are my close friends. I'm not just saying these to randoms, but I absolutely urge everyone, if you have braces and you were blessed enough that your parents gave you the opportunity to get braces and to have straight teeth, it is so worth it. So, so worth it to wear your retainers every night because it's like Doc said, I mean, he is the best of the best in the business and he knows what he's talking about. Your teeth aren't going to be straight if you don't wear your retainers. It's as simple as that. It's not like, oh, I had braces, so my teeth will be straight you know, for the rest of my life. No, that's totally not the case. And I first-handedly seen that not be the case. And I wear my retainers every night. And I don't know if the doc will like this little tip I'm going to give you. So he might chime in and say he might not like it. But a little tip I have is if you're using retainers that you've had for a long time and you don't want to go and get new ones or you don't know, what I actually found to be cool and shout out to my girlfriend Olivia she actually gave me the trick is I think it's denture cleaner I'll put denture cleaner in every morning I take my retainers out I fill the cup up with water red solo cup pop the denture cleaner in there put my retainers in there take them out and I mean they're clean I brush them oftenly so there's no build up but you have to keep your retainers clean so that's a little trick I found for any of the listeners that are wondering you know I brush my retainers how can I keep them clean well all I do is I went to CVS got some denture cleaner popped them in there and you know it works for sure so Thank you for that comment because I wanted you to explain how important retainers are because I know because I see it with my friends who don't wear it and I'm just crazy and I love, you know, having straight teeth and, you know, I just like it. So, but before we switch topics, Dr. Egan, and go more toward a business oriented topic rather than an orthodontist topic, are there anything you think I missed about, you know, braces or keeping your teeth straight or putting them on that you think the listeners should know about at a basic level? No, I think those are those are some very good basic things. And most orthodontists, when you go into their office, such as our office, you can come in and have a free consultation. And then they will go through exactly what needs to be done. And then they'll talk about the pricing, the payment plans, and all of that free without any out-pocket costs so that you can then determine. 
My major concern is making sure that when you pick someone to straighten out your teeth is understanding that straightening teeth is very, very complicated. And this is why we are a specialist in that area. So I'm a dentist. I went back to school. I specialized in the area of orthodontics, either two or three years. And that's all we did is specialize and learn that particular craft. The orthodontists generally do not teach general dentists, okay, what that craft is because it is really, really complicated. And so when you go to people that are not specialists, okay, you are compromising the type of uh, integrity of your treatment and you may not get the same level of treatment because one of the concerns I have is people that are not specialists will treat complicated cases thinking that they're easy cases, but because they're not trained, they just don't understand that it's even complicated and they get to the end and then a specialist has to retreat them. And so the person has to pay again. And so just make sure that you choose your clinicians wisely and certainly don't go to individuals and things to try to save a buck. And then now you're you have a lot of problems. Gotcha. And you know, before we move on, I guess I'll ask you two questions that just popped in my head when you were talking. One is that when I bring people on the show, all my listeners know if they're regulars that I do my due diligence on who I'm going to be bringing on the show. Now, Dr. Egan, he truly is the best of the best. You can look him up. Like I said, the website will be on there. But before we hit the record button and we actually started talking, I was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And he said, I am going to work. Saturdays are a very busy day in the office because we have people travel from all over the country to come into the office. So, Doc, why is it that people are traveling? And, you know, you can sort of toot your own horn here for a little bit, but why is it that people are traveling from all over the country to come to your office to get their teeth right? You know, I don't particularly am not the type of person to toot my own horn, but We'll give you a free pass on this one. <laughs> We've been doing it for a long time. And uh, one of the things that we do is we use what's called the Damon brace or the Damon system, which is the latest technology. And because of that, we can straighten people's teeth out without taking out four teeth generally. Most orthodontists with a traditional type of brace have to take out four teeth just because the brace system does not function well unless you remove teeth. With the Damon brace, we can actually align the teeth and put them in their proper spot without taking out four teeth. So therefore, you get superior results, superior quickness. And so as one of the larger Damon uh, users in the state and the nation, we have people that travel to see us from all over the world. We had our farthest person travel from Thailand and wow. from Dubai and and we have people that come see us from Florida and California and from all over. So I see patients one Saturday a month. And uh, that allows our out-of-town patients, which we generally see patients once every two to three months with the Damon system versus once a month with the traditional brace to come from wherever they are, whether it's you know in Alabama, the East Coast, New York. We have people from all over the states that come see us regularly for their brace systems. Some that have moved, 
a lot of them that came from us initially from those particular locations. You know, that's very cool. And this Damon system, you know, I'm going to send this episode to them to hear how much you like them and how much you love them and that you trust them and go by them. So thank you for that. Now, you know, we'll forget about the other question for now. And if we have some time at the end, we'll get to it. But now I really want to go into sort of, you know, the what I like to call the business aspect of the conversation. So you have one location in Michigan. Do you have any other offices around, you know, the world or the country? Yes. um, I practice also in Turks and Caicos, the Caribbean. So, you know, I was blessed. I've been practicing there almost 10 years now. And so uh, once a month, I go down there to see patients. I'm down there sometimes more often than once a month, but a minimum to see patients. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So you get to go down there and see some patients. And I'm sure they appreciate you going down there because now they have the best of the best coming to Turks and Caicos. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, we had a good time with that. How did you pick Turks and Caicos out of curiosity? How did you pick it to start your practice there? Well, you know, I've had a love for the Caribbean all my life since I was 10. Also, when our parents took us on a Caribbean whirlwind tour throughout all the islands. And most of my friends, uh, close friends are from the Caribbean. And actually, in the early 90s, I was licensed to practice in Barbados. So to fly back and forth to the Caribbean was something I was always interested in. But I started speaking uh, with my wife all around the world. And uh, because of that, I just didn't have the time to develop a practice. And so we spoke in the Turks and Caicos and throughout the Caribbean many times. And they had an issue where there were dentists down there doing braces that were unfortunately really messing up people's mouths. And so they didn't have an orthodontist. And so they asked me, would I come down and uh, open a practice? So the first time I said I couldn't, and then they asked me again about five years later, and then I agreed because my wife and I uh, love Turks and Caicos and actually wanted to develop vacation homes in that area. That's very cool. That's a cool story. And that's just one aspect of how a doctor grew, you know, his practice to make it larger and larger. But what I really want to talk about is, When you were in med school or dental school, were they teaching you anything about what was needed to start a business, like the importance of, you know, having a good accountant or the importance of insurance? Or were you having to learn this on the fly? Or maybe you had the upper hand because was this your dad's practice that you took over? Well, we had continuity, but my dad basically had retired by the time I really started. And so then I really came and, um, really opened everything and retooled and redid everything almost from scratch because he had been practicing so long by the time I got there, it was... um, Needed some modernity to come into it and touch it up in that aspect. So were you taught any of these things or were you learning it on the fly, like about taxes, about, I don't know if you had to take out any loans or your credit score and what you needed to get started, right? Where you said you took it over from your father. So maybe there wasn't as much of those things, but were you learning this on the fly or were they teaching you these things in med school? Well, no, they don't teach you that at all. If I had to uh, give some advice to someone that was starting businesses, one of the first things I would say is don't reinvent the wheel from a business standpoint. Go and find excellent mentors and have them train you on how to do these things. And one of the keys to successful business is successful systems. It is a consistent way of constantly doing the same thing to produce predictable results. 
And a lot of people that don't know how to run businesses successfully, as you said, do things on the fly. Mm -hmm. They don't really learn how to do things. They don't have excellent business systems. And so you need to sit down with a mentor, someone who's blazed the trail, who understands business, who can do it excellently to have them walk you through what systems need to be in place, what consultants you need to have. As you know, one of the most important consultants that you need to have is an excellent accountant, not just an accountant, an excellent accountant. I had some uh, trouble early in my career where I had an accountant, Mm -hmm. but the accountant knew nothing about orthodontics, nothing about medical dental practices, uh, not really about businesses. It was more of a personal accountant. Yeah. And so he did not tell me and really instruct me how to withdraw the tax money and pay it on time for the payroll taxes. And so after a few years, I got in trouble, okay, with the IRS. They knocked at my door and said, you know, you haven't paid all your payroll taxes. And I said, what are you talking about? And so they put me on a plan to pay it. I paid it over a period of years, made it right, because I believe in honesty, got it right, got it done. And then after that, I learned to get an excellent accountant all the time, and most importantly, in my case, to use a payroll service. And rather than floating those taxes for, you know, 15 days or a month to pay those taxes, even as soon as that payroll is done, so that you never have to think about that or deal with payroll issues again. And so that's very important. Absolutely. Where would you recommend someone to find an excellent accountant? Where would you send them? Uh, Levy and Associates is the number one accountant. They're my accountant, do all of my work, and uh, and you guys are phenomenal. Thank you for that, Doc. You know, it, it really is true. I had my dad on episode number one, and we talked all about tax planning and the irresponsibilities that some people put their trust, their whole business into, you know, someone's lap. And they say, okay, I trust you. You're going to pay the bills. You're going to pay the payroll taxes. And you sort of think that they're holding your hand. And a lot of the times they're not. And that's how people end up in the position you were in. So thank you for sharing that story. I really appreciate it. And some I always like to talk about on the show was, you know, a mistake that you made and how you overcame it. And you just explained that story in full because you said, hey, I made the mistake by not having an accountant that really knew what was in my benefit. And I trusted them, but I made a mistake. I was in a payment plan, an installment agreement, and I paid the money back and then I switched ships and now everything is going great and going amazing and I have full trust. So that's how you overcame a mistake. And I always tell my listeners that, you know, it's okay to make a mistake. In fact, it's perfectly normal, acceptable, and it should never be frowned upon to make, you know, an unintentional mistake because those mistakes are going to grow you as a person. They're going to grow your knowledge. They're going to make you more mature and they're going to make you more responsible and more aware that you're realizing, hey, I'm not going to make this mistake again. So thank you, Doc, for sharing that story. I truly appreciate it because a lot of listeners will take something away from that. So now going back to you coming to your family's, your father's practice, and you were like, holy shit, I sort of need to rework this from the ground up. I need to really start from the ground one and build it all the way up to a skyscraper. So how did you end up growing the practice to what it is today? Yes, what I first did, because my father had retired, is I went and found in our area someone who was non-competitive in my area who was a master in, in orthodontic business systems. And I sat him down 
And I said, would you mentor me in the process? And this was the first year that I came out as a specialist, which was many, many years ago now. And I said, I really need to understand the systems. I had practiced a little while as a general dentist before. And so I was a little bit more business savvy. So I really need to develop an excellent practice. And he sat me down and he said, this is your accountant. This is your lawyer. These are the consultants you're bringing in. These are the uh, business systems you're putting into place. And he actually set uh, my business up. We didn't take anything that my father had. It was basically archaic at that point. And we built a brand new system of business. And then he mentored me through the process. So I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay, I went to someone who was much smarter than I was. And then he helped me bring in the consultants. So we went from day one to day three to a a year three to a very successful practice because of the mentorship and bringing in the proper consultants and advisors. And what I take away from that is that a lot of the time when I have the best of the best experts like you in all different kinds of fields come on the show, they say the biggest thing to realize when you're younger is that it's okay and you should go and seek help from people that know what they're doing so that you can be set on the right foot and you're not going to sort of have any hiccups that come up because this guy, this mentor who you're talking about, he really showed you how to build, how to grow your business and how to do it in a successful way. And I'm sure you appreciate him and you think of him as like the number one person for you. So go find that help, go seek that help, but do your due diligence on the person that you're going to go seek that help from listeners, because I'm sure Dr. Egan did, and he knew that he could trust this person. So it's very important that you find the right person to do that. Now, Now, getting off track a little bit here, and I wanted to bring it up, I have it in my questions, was I saw that you're an author. I never knew that about you, that you've written some books. What books have you written? Uh, Well, my wife and I have written over about 14 different books, and uh, they're basically on business and integrity and ethics. And uh, some of them, like one is how to find your purpose, and that's how to uh, determine your God-given gifts and abilities and determine what you were created to do and how to be the best person that you can actually be. Some of them are, my wife is a uh, private banker and she's a developer. And so uh, we have books on business and finance and uh, how to manage money from a biblical perspective and what to do. And uh, we have leadership books, servant leadership, and we have our character books on how to operate in the workplace with integrity and character. And so uh, we've taught all over the world, uh, literally all through Africa, all through Asia, all through Europe, in terms of implementing these principles so people in business can be the best that they can be. Talking about business and ethics and all the stuff you just talked about, I want you to explain to the listeners that a lot of the time success doesn't just come overnight. It takes a long time to build it up, but you have to have that integrity. You have to have that honesty. How important would you say integrity, honesty, and transparency are when you are starting your own business? May not be a dental practice, maybe a financial group, maybe, you know, maybe you're an author and you're selling books. How important is that all three of those things that I listed? How important is that when starting a business? You know, when you do something wrong, it'll always find you out in the future. Okay. And it always comes back at a time when you're not expecting it or the time that it's the least convenient in your life. That's the best thing. When you do things right, when you do things honestly, uh, the world is looking for people 
that can do things right, that can do things honestly, that can treat people well, treat people with kindness and respect. The world is tending towards negativity, towards treating people bad. And so when someone does the right thing, you stand out of the crowd. And so that's what I learned. One of my mentors said, if you do it right and you take good care of people, you take good care of your staff, if you're a good leader, if you do these things, that people will always seek you out and seek your services out. That's great information. Thank you for that. I really, I thank you and I appreciate it because I do, because with my listeners, I'm learning along the way, right? You're a successful businessman. You're a family man. You're an overall good person. So I take away some of the things you say and I want to implement them in my own life. And I'm going to have to read some of these books. I never even knew that until I was doing some recon on you. I'm going to have to look some of that stuff up. But we're getting down to the last bit of the interview here. Just have a few more questions from you, but they really are maybe some of the most important. And that's why I leave them for the end. So I see a lot of your staff on your website. Like I said, I do my research and I see a lot of them have been there for quite a long time. You have that longevity with your staff. How do you keep your staff to be there for so long and how important is it to be a great boss to your staff so they will stay there and you have that retention? Right. You know, I think that's important. And that has to do with a leadership concept that uh, we call servant leadership. There's two types of paradigms or ways of thinking as it relates to leadership. The traditional paradigm says that me as a leader, okay, what I am to do is to take the gifts, talents, and abilities of those under my authority and take them to one area and then create something big. But I'm using the people to become successful. The servant leadership paradigm says that I, me, Victor Egan, has gifts, talents, and abilities, and I'm going to use my God-given abilities in the lives of those people that are underneath my authority to make them better and to increase uh, the value in their life. And so when you show people that you care, that it's just not about making a dollar, it's just not about putting another set of braces on or adjusting someone's braces, but I want to impact your life for the best, Okay, then those people become bonded and you free them to do an excellent job in the workplace. When people have issues, okay, they're thinking so much about their issues that they can't even serve people with excellence. Whereas if you as a servant leader knock the issues out of their life and help them to become more successful, then they can use their gifts, talents and abilities to serve people at a very high level. That creates a wonderful loving, caring environment where people can't get that anywhere else. And so they want to stay in that environment and they want to actually use their skills to make that environment better because they know when they make the environment better, they get better and they get highly rewarded for that. That was one of the most tremendous answers I've ever had on the podcast. And the way I know that it was from your heart is because you didn't say any ums, you didn't say any uhs, you just, it came straight out of your mouth and it was honest and it was true. So thank you for that. And if you want to become a business owner, listeners, if you want to own a business and have employees one day, you need to come back and listen to that episode the day you hire your first employee because he's absolutely right. You need to treat them that way for them to treat not only you that way, but your business that way. And I'm sure you would say the same thing, Doc, that a lot of people may care 
care about your doctor's office, your practice, the same way that you care about it because they have that value to it and they see that value to it the same way that you do. So thank you for that. Now, the two last questions I have here is, what would you say to someone that wants to become a doctor and they want to start their own practice? What would you recommend them to do? Uh, One of the first things that I would recommend them to do is to job shadow in the area or field that they're interested in. A lot of people have these ideas that uh, what they want to do is what they want to do. And then they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars going into that field to only find out that they hate it after they spent so much money. And so I think you need to, when whatever field you're interested in, you need to search out people that do it very well and go and spend time and even volunteer in their area to make sure that that's what you want to do. Because like the healthcare field, as an example, is very broad. Like I'm a doctor, but I don't particularly like to deal with people that are sick. Okay. I like to deal with people that are well. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm a, I love wellness and that's why I love being an orthodontist because I love people coming in and they're smiling at me. They're happy. They're wonderful. They're happy to see me. I don't like people that are coming in thinking I'm going to give pain because I don't provide pain. So if I had to give pain every day, it would be very disheartening to me. And so you need to go into that field and make sure that you have the temperament, the skills and ability to practice it. And sometimes doing it as a volunteer, we've had many people come in and volunteer with us in our practice for a period of months. And then they say, I love this, or they say, I don't love it. And they went and became an accountant as an example for one individual. Thank you for that advice. That's great advice to give to people. I know that I would never, ever want to be a doctor, no matter if I'm looking at sick patients or I'm looking at well patients that are smiling at me. That is not my cup of tea. So thank you for that. And I think that's great info for someone that is maybe in college or in high school and they're like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? I'm getting to that point where I need to start thinking about it. And you just told them, go check out that field, you know, see if there's any opportunities in your area. But Dr. Victor Egan, this has been a great interview, but I have one more question for you that I ask all of my guests that come on the show. And it doesn't have to pertain to business or it doesn't have to pertain to braces, but what do you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s? What do I wish I knew? I wish I knew how to really, really treat people better. You know, when you're in your early 20s, uh, you think you know a lot. And one of the things that I'm finding now is that people do not treat each other well, whether they're coworkers, whether they're, you know, your patients or your boss or your people that are underneath your authority. I think one of the keys to success is how you treat people with love, kindness and respect. I've grown where I have uh, become much better at that as I have matured in life. And that's the one thing that if I had to say that I wish I had have understood in my early 20s, I think I would have gotten even further than where I am today. And I think that's one of the keys to success. And you'll find people that are very successful in business learn that early. And uh, they learn how to treat people well. And as I said earlier, in today's society with people not treating each other well, mad at everybody because you just have a difference of opinion, whether it's political or religious or, or whatever, you treat people bad. When you learn how to treat people well, 
no matter who they are, whether they're different than you, they look different, they act different, they function different, then I think that you will be successful in whatever field or whatever business you're in. That's amazing answer. You're coming up. I wish I could keep the show going longer. You got all these tremendous answers. Just means we'll have to maybe have you back on. But doctor, I appreciate you coming on the show. Like I said, I know you're a busy guy and you took the time out to come on. So thank you so much. And I know the listeners appreciate it too, because, you know, like I said, in the beginning, I don't know that anyone's ever had a, a doctor that practices orthodontist work that came on the podcast to talk about all the things we've talked about. So I appreciate it. And I hope you have a good weekend and stay safe and stay healthy and say hi to your family for me and say hi to your nephew. It's your nephew, right? That works at the office. Yeah. Say mm-hmm. hi to him. He's a good guy. I like him. So say yes. hi to him. I certainly will. And thank you so much, Maverick, for having us on and say hello to all of your family uh, for us also. I will. All right, Doc. Well, uh, it was a great one. Thanks again. Thank you. Now, as you all just heard, not only is Dr. Egan the best of the best, but he is truly a leader because of how he acts and in the workspace, how he answered some of the questions were really eye-opening to me because, you know, now that you know how you should treat a staff for in order for them to stay there for a long periods of time, it's very important if you want to be a business owner and you need to strive for that level of respect. Even if someone is under you, even if they're your boss, you need to have that relationship with them because it's so important for them to feel like you're just a friend. You're another person that they can talk to if something's wrong and you're making them feel good along the way. So thank you to Dr. Egan for bringing that up and talking about that because that is what a leader does. And that's what I want you all to do. I want you to lead by example in every single thing you do in life because it's so important that you lead by example. I know I stress it a lot. I talk about it a lot, but it's because I believe in it. And I believe it is one of the most important things if you do want to be successful, not just in terms of money, could be in terms of your mental health, of your confidence. Just lead by example. Do what you want to do. Do what's going to make you happy and try to help others along the way. That's it for today. I want to remind everyone that if you want to find information about the guests, check out the website, TBOTB pod. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform that you use and leave a five-star review. If you're on iOS with a topic that you want to hear on the show or a guest that you want to hear on a show, but that's it for today, everyone on the best of the best Mavericks guide to success.